everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is the Transformation Gold Podcast. It's awesome to have you here. I'm your coach. I'm the hostess with the mostess, I guess that makes me. <laughs> Nicole DeVincentis, aka Figachick911, up on Instagram and YouTube. And today we're talking about goals, your goals. Okay, here's the coaching concept clarity of goals determines order of priorities. This is a good one. Okay. Now, if you've ever read any of John Maxwell's books, particularly there was one that he did, I think talking about, it was about um, achieving your goals, but it had to do with your dreams. I can't, gosh, I can't remember the title of it. But in there, he makes a statement and he says, clarity of vision determines priority of action. And I believe that 100%. I'm going to up John's game because people are emotional beings. And my business, I tend to attract individuals, all different types of people. Don't get me wrong. But I come from a service industry. I come from the medical industry nursing in particular and my my whole entire network in that capacity and everything that I do on the fitness side is a bunch of individuals who are very 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 emotionally tied to their purpose in their career if that makes sense and a lot of times If it's not them, they'll refer their spouses to me. And the spouses are actually very similar in that everybody has a lot of priorities. The priorities are the children. The priorities are function of the household. The priorities, you know, maybe schooling or advancement of career. And everybody has these priorities. And what happens is because of the priorities, oftentimes... They have a hard time prioritizing their actions because there's multiple priorities. Does that make sense? And so, you know, it's so funny when you coach, you learn so much about people and about what makes people tick. And when you can dial into that and you can solve that problem and help people untangle their brain, which is really what I do. I'm like a professional freaking brain untangler on many fronts. That's how I get people to break through their plateaus. But when you understand that you can actually assist people to learn those skills and strategies and they make powerful moves forward so that they're not stuck, they're not hitting a ceiling, they're not staying, you know, where they're at and then shuttling over into the the fields of desperation and disappointment and shame and everything that comes along with it. It's like a quick and fast spiral that goes down. All right. So our goal on this podcast here is to shorten that time period between idea inception and execution. What does that mean? It means you have an idea, you are in action. There is literally, there's no time in between when you think about something that you want to do, a goal that you want to go after, you know, something that you, goals you want to crush or, or a hobby that you want to take up or anything in your life, there's not dilly-dally time of writing lists down and, and I got to do this and then, you know, let me, you know, massage my calendar and then, you know, maybe if I have extra time or extra money. No, that's not how it is. It's literally idea, 
fueled by desire and I'm already in action. It's a seamless response. And that is going to be one of your best friends. That's going to be your, your Jimmy in your pocket for when you are feeling overwhelmed. It's like action cures everything. Action cures sadness. Action cures despair. Action cures, you know, all kinds of fears and worries and concerns. But what do you do when you have multiple priorities, multiple things that you value, which may be outside of your own self? What do you do? This is why I run what's called a goals program. Because when you are clear on your goals, it does not lessen your priorities, your family, the people, any of that. What it does is it kind of, if you could like, you know, visualize this, it gives you different posts, if you would. Okay, you have priority over here. This is my family. Priority over here is... Uh, giving to the church priority over here is health and fitness like you have all these different priorities but which one do you put your focus on how do you balance this stuff out you have to have goals so yes your focus your priority is your family or your children but you as the leader of that family or of that household you have responsibilities to lead that family into the future. Aha, so this is actually leadership training covering your life. Does that make sense? This is where it gets freaking awesome. Awesome sauce right here. Okay, so now you're looking around and you have all this stuff that you want to do and you like, like your brain is on overload and all these, you have to stop, okay? That's the first signal right there. As soon as you start noticing that your brain is jumping on the crazy train and you're not able to be effective, that is your Houston, we have a problem warning right there. And it is your responsibility to stop the train, <laughs> stop the bus right here and, and do a quick triage, like triage your current position. Where are we at? Okay, that's your job as the leader. Think about it this way. When you have a lot of things gunning for your time and for your attention, you're trying to make a lot of people happy, and you're trying to, you know, it's like multiple plates in the air, okay? Eventually, you're either going to fatigue out or you're going to freaking drop plates somewhere because you end up overextending yourself, and you're involved in too many things, you've got money moving in a whole bunch of different places, and you're getting off course as to what is maybe your mission for your family even, or the goals that you have for your family moving into the future. What are the financial goals that you have for your family? What are the health and fitness goals that you have for your family? It doesn't dampen the priority of the family, it actually enhances them. You see where I'm coming from? So clarity of goals determines order of priorities. And if we can build into this for people who feel guilty when they're not doing enough for their family or they're not keeping up with other people or blah, 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 blah the guilt train, <laughs> I'll give you a quick tip. I gave up guilt for Lent one year and it worked out so famously that I never put it back. <laughs> All right. That's super tip for you. Okay, but in all seriousness, 
you're responsible. Okay? And when you are clear on the goals for your family, what will automatically happen is you will come in as a stronger force, if you will, but more specifically, a stronger leader on where we're spending our money, where we're spending our time, okay? It has effects all through. Because you have to think about a few things logically here. You know, we're, I'm, I'm recording this podcast at a time when the economy is on the up and up. And this is just one example. But there's ebbs and flows in everything. You know, after the economy goes up, what happens? It goes down. After we pass through the spring, summer, and fall, what happens? You get the winter. Like there's always, like the tide comes in and the tide goes out. There's always ebbs and flows to everything. And what you have to keep in mind is that nothing stays the same forever. And particularly today, when you are not planning on growth. And when I, when I say growth, I don't just mean growth in terms of you have more material things or your kids are involved in more activities I honest to God mean moving their station in life if we're talking finance what are you doing to secure your family financially are you living paycheck to paycheck it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm calling attention to the elephant in the room because I know despite the economy, this stuff is still happening and you are the leader. You've got to position yourself to win so that when the downfall comes, you're not going to be affected by it. Okay? You're the leader. You get to choose. Do we play now? Do we party now? Do we work now or whatever? But everything rises and falls on leadership and you at the end of the day, and this is just a household example, you are 100% responsible. Now for my people who are business owners, whether we're talking sole proprietorship or the definition of a business, all right, we've got other responsibilities because we know if anybody's going to get affected by the economy, like it's us, right? So we have to, you know, coming out of a recession, we've got to put other, you know, safety factors in place as to how we're, we're getting leads, how we're increasing business. What are we doing? Are we adding, you know, additional streams of income? What are we doing? Are we expanding our teams? Are we taking advantage of staff development right now? Like what are we doing to bolster our business up so that the next time we have dips in the economy, we're going to not only be prepared, we're going to be un, un, unshaked, unshook, sorry, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars on education and I say unshaked. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? And so here's where it comes back to you. Clarity of goals determines order of priorities. What exactly is it that you're looking to achieve? This can be something as micro as your own health and fitness, something as gigantic as running a whole entire organization and where you're leading them into the future. The funny thing is this, if, if you're new to the podcast, welcome to you. Okay, I'm, it's, it's awesome to have you guys here. For those of you who've been listening for a long time, you know, like my journey just getting to this point has been incredibly long. All right, so I come from this nursing background. You know, I, I became a flight nurse. That was 
the ultimate goal in terms of position, but the mission was to be the best practitioner, regardless of licensure. As I started coaching people on the health and fitness side, I wasn't sure that I even wanted to do that full time. Like I, during those times, you remember, so I made that whole transition from a 20 year time investment in the nursing industry with stable work, great benefits, pretty much uncapped income potential, depending on how you structured yourself and move myself into building a startup company. All right. So, I mean, you just have like <laughs> you're rolling kind of high and then you, your income drops down to zero. And not to say that for sympathy, but that let's call attention to the elephant in the room. I knew going into nursing school that nursing was never meant to be a long term strategy for me. What I didn't expect, I did not expect falling in love with nursing to the degree that I did. And once I achieved that invitation to become the flight nurse, there wasn't anything else that I wanted to do. In fact, it's the only job to date that I would ever say that I would do for free because I loved it that much. I love being in the air. I love having that sense of autonomy. I love taking care of the sickest of the freaking sick and improving their station. I loved working with a team that I could trust. Like I freaking loved it. Loved, loved, loved it. So then when the clock was ticking and I was looking at the scope of my life, like where is it going? And then to be quite honest with you, like I, I got fired from that program two times and then um, not for patient care, but because, well, my mouth. <laughs> I'm not a yes person by any means. And yeah, I was addressing safety issues as, you know, in a very clear and direct way. It was not appreciated. And um, I got called back for a third time, though, after the second time I was being I was fired. And uh, that's a, a story for a different day. But what I'm saying to you is that when I knew that the time was coming to an end or I, I was on that crazy train of like it was the same, same story rotating over and over and over and over and over again that I knew I needed to make a change, but I didn't know what else I wanted to do because the only thing that I knew and the only thing I ever freaking wanted to do was become a flight nurse in the job world. So the time when it, it took me or the time that it took me to, to transfer over and get clear on what I wanted to do is probably the only time in my whole entire life where it was vague and fuzzy for me. But I was coaching people still on like the nutrition front and on the life, um, the life coaching front. And what I couldn't figure out was how unclear people were just in general on the stuff that they wanted to do. I, I and this sounds, this sounds so ridiculous. I was just driving down the street and it dawned on me. Like I, <laughs> as your coach, I don't even set goals. And no, no, hold on. What I mean by that is I don't sit around and how do I word this right? I, I establish things via intentionality. Like there's a time every single year. So my birthday's in June. 
Around April, I look back over the course of the year and I look at, if you want to call them accomplishments, whether or not I hit certain targets for myself. Um, So I guess those are goals. You know, where am I long term, short term? But what I never have done was really sat down and done like a detailed list of goals. I just, I'm one of those people, like, this is the thing that I'm doing. For me, the expectation is to either become the best or do the best. So anything less than that is not, it it like pretty much violates everything that I stand for. And it basically like contradicts my DNA. So for me to sit down and write down how much income I want per month, it was actually foreign to me because it it was like I wanted all the income. (laughs) Does that make sense? (laughs) So there was a lot of learning that I had to do within the business world on establishing like projections and setting targets for myself on basically like the sales end of it. And for that, that's why I actually took my job. Um, I work for a retail company right now and I love this company, they're, they're awesome. And I'm learning all of that, that infrastructure of it because I was merely, I just wanna be the best, but you've gotta be more specific than that. But going back to the point in hand, like I actually, as a coach, I had to teach people how to set goals for their life. And what was funnier was I actually had to learn how to teach people how to set goals because how I operate in terms of intentionality is way different than how everybody else does. So it took me a long time to learn about this stuff and I sought out the best teaching. And and while I was doing that, that's when I got involved in like the, the psychology of athletic performance and you know champion mindset coaching and you know by that point in time I had already started on my journey in in figure competitions and you know on the road to pro and so everything was kind of like coming together and it's only now many years later that I finally have what I believe is is awesome clarity and I remember when I first started this whole um what would you even call it? It was like the embryonic stage of my company. I still had jobs and I was in a full-blown leadership program. It was like a four-month program that was held in downtown Chicago and you had coaching and it was all kinds of really awesome stuff and you were supposed to come up with a project and it was a project that you would develop and that you could actually hand off to somebody else to complete. So it was leadership training on how not to be the only person. You had to develop teams and then make this thing suitable so that somebody else could continue forward with it even though you weren't there. Does that make sense? So this could be in the place of you know finances for generations of your family or this could be business operations or if you were a coach and you left, you know, somebody else could step in. So it was, it was training on leadership in all capacities. And I remember when I said this, it was so funny. You had to describe what this project was. And the only thing that I could say, like it was actually so vague for me, but I, now I know this is how great ideas were born, was I said, it's this thing. 
And the first time I stood up in front of this room of people, it was like, I think it was like 100 people in the room. And then all the coaches and, you know, the director and everything. And the, the people, the coaches and the director, when I said, and I felt like such an ass, man. Like, I, I was already, like, speaking for, you know, like, seminars and stuff. So for me to stand up in front of a group of people and say, well, it's this thing. The thing that happened was that the the students, like myself, the people in the program, they were looking at me like I was crazy. But the people, the coaches, and the director, I remember the looks on their faces, like, whoa. And they started paying attention to me, and they started hounding me after that. What I know now is that they're used to seeing idea inception like at its earliest of embryonic stages because after that they kept on getting in my throat and telling me like Nicole you are a very powerful woman and I did not want to be aligned with that word in my mind power and domination was a terrible thing I equated that with some of the managers that had been <laughs> over me when I worked as a nurse and it's those managers, they were terrible. They had terrible people skills, and we had to have meetings to get these people fired because they were so incredibly toxic. So the fact that someone called me powerful, I did not want to identify with that. But now looking back, I get it, okay? Because what that actually was, that was like the, the seedling birthing of what is a gigantic vision that has spawned off into a whole bunch of different directions that now I'm like, oh my God, this is why this happened. This is why this happened. Okay. But now that the thing, quote unquote, the thing has birthed itself. Now I have a bunch of different priorities. Does this make sense to you? Like you've got this dream, this vision or whatever. Now there's all these different priorities professionally and personally. Well, what do you do? All of them are important to me. If I neglect the business, the business doesn't grow and I'm out on the streets, right? <laughs> like if I want to spend time with my family and I don't put work in the business, you know, the end result is pretty predictable, okay? No effort, no energy, okay? <laughs> no sales, no profits, no money, no place to live. Bye-bye, okay? <laughs> But at the same token, if 100% of your energy is going strictly into work functions and there's neglect of the relationships, then what, what happens? Then I end up in the same positions that I found myself before working as a nurse when I was working two and a half full-time jobs, rotating on a day-night flip-flop you know, schedule seven days a week you know, without any you know, true relationships. So... When you get clear on your goals, okay, ultimately, what is my goal? My goal is to be able to spend time with my family and have a profitable, thriving business. Oh, can that be done? Of course it can. What do you have to do in order to get it? Well, it's simple, all right? It's, it's financial freedom. You have to establish freedom for yourself. Okay, so, well, how do I do that? All right, well, now I got to seriously get to work. I got to put the work in now so that I can have what I want in the future and I'm way more intentional about where I allocate my time. Does that make sense? That 
I know I want to have time with my family. So I, I put my calendar out. I say my hours of operation are 3 a.m. until 9.30 p.m. Sunday through Saturday. Send me your availability. And what I will actually do is I will actually put my family on that calendar and work around it. That's the lifestyle that I'm looking to build. Does that make sense? Now that may not be where you're at because maybe you're at a job. You don't have that luxury. What I'm saying is you as the leader, you're responsible for being very clear on what the end result is that you are striving to achieve. That's the goal. Is the goal time with your family? Is the goal a family vacation like there's a big distinction there between what you're committed to and the vehicle to which it comes or, or what you're attached to does that make sense which is why it's imperative that you're very clear on your goals the more clear you are on your goals the more clear everything else becomes the more laser focused you become the easier it is to actually say no how is that? That's a big one, right? Learning to, learning to say no and then not explaining yourself afterwards. No, period. The cool thing is that word is like the same in how many different languages? I mean, so there's really no reason for misinterpretation. <laughs> I know I'm sassy today. Totally sassy today. But I speak the truth. <laughs> right? If you can't have fun when you're working, then what's the point, okay? But here's what it looks like, okay? When you're setting your goals in all seriousness, you have got to set your goals high. And I think that we covered this on an earlier podcast, but this definitely bears repeating or is worth repeating because of the effects of setting low goals, okay? Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. This is going to be a little bit of math. You're not going to have to do calculations. But I want you to think back to when you learned in math class how to figure out an average. I don't know. Maybe for some of you it's longer than others. But honestly, how do you get the average? Like you add up. Like if you've got 10 things, you add up all 10 and then you divide by, in this case, 10. Right? If you had five things, you'd add them all up. You divide by five. So it's not necessarily the median. It's, it's the average of all of them. From the highs and the lows, add it all up. What's the, what's the average? Okay? It's the same thing with your goals. If you're setting goals, which are average, how do you get average? You don't get average by striving for average. In order to get average... Sometimes you're going to have to hit high and sometimes you're going to have to hit low. That's inconsistency in your effort. How bipolar is that? Like some days you're giving yourself permission to coast and other days you're demanding that you have high performance. That's really not a strong battle plan on how to establish habits of accountability first and foremost and expectation of yourself and demand of yourself or the people that you're leading. I'm not saying that you have to work every single day unless you want to. What I'm saying is when you're setting your goals, you've got to set them high because let's just take income for one for one instance. Let's say you are as a sole income earner, not, not as joint, 
let's say for sole income earner, I like to use numbers because they can't be misinterpreted here, but you apply the concept to any area of your life, okay? So let's say your goal is to, right now you're making $40,000 a year and wherever we're at at this current year, like you're happy if you can earn the same amount of money. Same thing if you operate a business, like maybe you had projections that were higher during the beginning of the year and then like halfway, you know, into the year, into quarter two, all of a sudden you're like, shit, man, I'm glad if, if we can do the same business that we did last year. So you're looking at average goals. Like you just, you want to keep it the same, no bullshit, whatever. Well, what happens when the cost of living goes up? It doesn't necessarily take you with it, right? So if you're aiming at earning $43,000 a year, $45,000 a year, whatever it is, when the cost of living goes up, eventually, if you check it out over time, you're going to end up upside down because the cost of living is going to surpass your income. So what do you do? Well, I'm hoping for a raise or this or that or the other. But when you hand over the reins and let somebody have that much leverage over you and then come back and complain and say, oh, this job sucks and blah, 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 blah. I challenge you as the leader to take a strong inventory and strong triage of your position that you didn't set the target high enough. Does that make sense? Whereas sometimes, you know, you go to work then to achieve that money. Sometimes you're, you're doing a lot of work and then other times you're, you're messing around, you know, scrolling on the internet somewhere. Strolling through the hallways, spending more time in the bathroom than you need to just because you just want to coast. And it creates this sense of, it's complacency is really what it is. And it does not foster you to remain in that growth mentality to be a guardian of yourself or of your family now and into the future and so when the SHIT hits the fan and we see an economic downturn like we saw you end up getting smoked because you weren't ready for it and you had low level goals it's not so much and I want to be clear when I speak on money I like to speak on money because there's a lot of misconceptions about money out there and I know that I grew up with a lot of these misconceptions okay that first it's not about the money it's about what you can do when you have more money it's you can help more people and you can solidify your your position as a family Where you get into trouble is when money becomes your sole preoccupation and you are in love with the money instead of being in love with the ways that you can help and serve with that money. Does that make sense? Like the money is the stopping point for you. The the purpose of money, like it's just an energy, it's just an energy currency that like flows through you. Like you get it and you're supposed to use it. That's the purpose of money. It's to be used. Hopefully via smart, you know, investment pathways and, and to provide for your family. Absolutely. And as your income goes up and you establish a firm foundation, 
then you know you're able to have a nicer lifestyle but in order to do that you've got to set super high goals for yourself and know that that's going to require super high demand from you same thing with health and fitness you've got to set super high goals for yourself because as you get busier and have more responsibilities you end up cutting back or demanding less of yourself especially if your friends and family are all like oh my god once I hit 40 years old like one foot on the one foot in the grave and one foot on the banana peel here I go whoa no you don't have to accept that like you refuse it you continue to set your high goals and defy what you know the culture thinks is normal does that make sense so when you are that strong of a leader I mean if you really get into leadership studies beyond the theory but when you start to to learn about the individuals who have made major change and or the individuals who led their teams through just freaking ridiculous times that's why it's so awesome to read biographies and autobiographies, the biographies that are actually legit. But you learn about how they think in terms of where they were taking their people. Whether this is consumer economics, this is their family, this is a military troop, this is a business, this is whomever. Does that make sense? Every single one of them had these ridiculously high goals And everybody else around them basically thought that they were crazy. I mean, you can't tell me that people didn't think that Steve Jobs was nuts. Mark Zuckerberg, any of the people like up in the tech world, do you know that those people were all deemed as like 100% out of their freaking mind? But they had this like ridiculously high level goal. And they didn't accept, you know, less than awesomeness. Steve Jobs didn't. Drove the people that he worked with and his team's absolutely crazy. But he had that standard that was so up there that when the iPhone came out, it was a non-issue. Nobody gave a shit. How much money did you pay for your freaking iPhone? Every single person bought it. It was like a no-brainer. And that was even, I think, did the first generation have, like... I don't even remember. I don't think I got first generation. I can't remember. I still had my Crackberry. But maybe the functionality wasn't 100%. And it came back and and made course correction and boom. boom, Now everybody has one. And then everybody else followed in suit. But there was very, very high level goals there. They had to say no to a lot of different things in order to be able to say yes to the main thing. And that's why it's important to have very clear goals. What exactly is it that you're setting out to achieve? So as you look, okay, I like to coach you on what I call a comprehensive template, which means not just talking about money, not just talking about health and fitness, but when you coach with us, we focus on six key areas of your life, four of which are your relationships. One is a relationship that you have with yourself, Two is a relationship that you have with other people. Three is a relationship that you have with God or spirit or source or Buddha, whomever that is to you. 
for the relationship that you have with money. The next is your health and fitness, okay? Because your health is the vehicle for your life. And then lastly, your purpose and your contribution. They all fit together. And when we start coaching together, what you're going to see is each of those components sits on a spectrum. And when you practice 100% focus on that one particular piece, you see how you get breakdowns in the other areas of your life. Does that make sense? So when you coach with us via the goals program, what we actually do is we untangle all of that. Like, oh my God, well, if I want to go work out, then who's going to watch the kids? And do I even have enough money in order to be able to do this? And this, that, and the other. And then you never make any action at all and you stay stuck and overwhelmed and disappointed. My job is to help you untangle that and get very, very clear on the situation at hand so that you make the decisions on what you're doing. I don't tell you what to do. You don't need me to tell you what to do. For God's sakes, you're a grown person. But oftentimes what you require is a third person. I I think actually before that, what you require is the time dedicated to yourself to sit down and, and actually address the shit putting your head in the sand or just kind of like flipping through the calendar like woo, just pretend to just keep on going keep on going keep swimming <laughs> like in, in Nemo keep swimming keep swimming all right but when you're looking to make moves I mean in all honesty and this is not a program for the week I, I'm telling you like I always wondered why <laughs> God put me <laughs> in weird places where I was dealing with some of the hardest people in the world that normally I think people you should be scared of, i.e. gangbangers and and people like that. But now I know why. Because my work that I do with people who have come from, I promise you, some of the shittiest beginnings and have traveled through some of the fucking, excuse my language, darkest times. It's the people who now are coming out the other side of their own transformation. They have conquered their drug addiction, their alcohol addiction, their gambling addiction, their illegal activities, and they're moving forward. Why? I think, you know, God like pulled their number. (laughs) I think that that has a large piece to do with it, but they recognize the fact that if they're going to move, it's 100% up to them. And once they have a little bit of momentum, they're no different from anybody else. They know, I need somebody who's going to take my game to the next level. So who comes to me? I get people from all different walks of life. The people who are in my business right now, this is so exciting, are the people who are looking on taking their game to the next level. The people who want high-level habits. The people who are looking at doing an entire like lifestyle transformation from the inside out. They're, they're entrepreneurs who are branding themselves. There are people who are tired of being sick and fat and, and in pain all the time and they want to get their ass up and moving. They're people who want to break the family curses of all of the diseases and want to live long, strong, healthy and vital lives. 
it's it's so freaking awesome like I, I I don't know what else to say except you know thank God for my preparatory phase that now I can come here and assist you all like who knew that there would be such a thing as like a podcast that you could reach so many people like it is actually on an aside it's awesome I'm gonna tell you a secret here okay so one of the things one of the components and one of the areas of my business is obviously health and fitness and I've done a lot of work in the fire service what yes like stretching back a number of years and um, there was actually a firefighter very very long story very very short um, that we knew young guy who actually died from cardiovascular related complications and shortly thereafter um, or actually we were at his funeral and it was so emotional this funeral was like so emotional I had never been to a firefighter's funeral before I still remember it like it was yesterday and I it it was a department with whom I spent a lot of time I knew the people the like you know firefighters like they're always joking and laughing about some kind of something and always giving you a hard time and that was not the case with this like they were you know all in their in their class A's and everybody was crying and trying not to cry and it was horrible and as I walked out of the church I made a promise to God I said to him I get goosebumps and I get teary-eyed every time that I say this I said to him if there is anything in my power that I can do to prevent this from happening again that's what I commit myself to doing well a few steps later I realized who I just made my accountability partner okay it's not like you know just some person who's gonna let you go like you make God your accountability partner like (laughs) only do that if you really mean it (laughs) Uh, but what I'm gonna tell you is that shortly thereafter started to um, connect with industry leaders, different researchers, physicians within the fire service community. And there was like all these studies which were going on about cardiovascular complications in the fire service, secondary to something which we call heat stress. Okay, so you know, like, they're hot inside the fires, basically, and it causes physiologic change inside the body and it contributes towards what we call line of duty deaths from cardiovascular disease. So there's like all these research centers like across the the country, the United States. And so I started studying. I started, I was invited in and was speaking at at conferences and seminars with them on the local and the international level. And it was awesome. I was working with agencies as they were putting up wellness uh, wellness initiatives. And um, I told you I was in that leadership program. And my coach said to me, because as I as the program was going along, it went from it's a thing. <laughs> I said it's a thing, and it involved firefighters, women, and children, and that was all that I knew for like I don't know eight weeks. I don't know what the hell it is. This is all that it is. But then it started to become clear that it had to do with firefighter wellness, and so by then that's when I you know had attended you know different seminars and educational trainings and blah blah blah, and like you know the momentum was created. Well, the exit interview with my with my coach Chris he looked at me and he said okay what's your goal with this firefighter thing and I said um to have uh, what 
did I say something like my firefighter wellness programs on the national level? And he looked at me and he said, well, how do you plan on doing that? And I looked straight back at him, excuse my language. I said, I have no fucking clue. And he laughed out loud. But what I'm telling you is that when you set that intention out there, like that's what is putting your vibrational frequency on that same energy level and the things start to come to you but it's up to you to then prioritize where you're going to be funneling your energy and how you're actually going to do it, which was still unknown to me. But you still have to have goals. When once you get a resource, okay, here's a resource. Like there's this whole entire study that was done down at University of Illinois. I've got to read the study so I can have an intelligent conversation. Okay, here's my goal. Okay, for the for the moment, my goal for the moment is to is to read this this book actually uh, on this study, and then what do I have to do? What's my goal? My goal is to curtail the line of duty death statistic from cardiovascular you know disease in the fire service. Okay, well now what? Well, how am I going to do this? I need a team. <laughs> okay, who's my team? I don't know. I don't have one. Well, you have to go find one. You've got to go build one. You got to talk to a lot of people. You got to put yourself out there. So what did I start doing? I started writing articles. I started speaking more and more and more about it. I started serving on a greater capacity for free. I put up firefighter yoga. We had cooking classes. I'm not joking you. Like this was a real thing. And I did it all on my time not really knowing where it was going, but because of what I was committed to, what was the goal? The goal then was traced back to, I never, ever, ever want to see my guys and girls, whether I know them at this fire department or I've never seen them before, I never want to see anybody this sad ever, ever again, ever. Not on my watch, hell no. But it was, a, it was an all-encompassing thing. And then as I started looking at firefighter, and this is man and woman, then I thought to myself, okay, well, if they run a standard 24 hours on and, you know, 48 off, and I know some of you, you know, have different schedules, you know, maybe you're like one on and three off or you're doing doubles or however this plays out for you, more time is spent at home than it is at work. So then even if we had wellness initiative at work, what would happen when you went home? Your home habits are going to trump the good ones that we're putting up at work. So what do we need? We need the wives on board. Okay, so then what do I do? Well, what's the goal? The goal is to curtail the line of duty death from, <laughs> from cardiovascular disease in the fire service. So what do I do? I write a case for action letter as a template and I gave it to the fire chiefs to sign so that they could then invite the wives in and talk about what we are doing as fire families to curtail this line of duty statistic. So you have buy-in from the home unit, which is actually fun because the wives are the ones who are trying to tell their husbands corn's not a vegetable anyway. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? So when you are clear on the goal, Okay, well, first you're clear on the vision. Okay, order of priorities, just like John Maxwell says. But within that, you've got to be very clear on your goals because you have multiple priorities. And that's what's going to shape that how to plan. It's always starting with the impossible and working back to the ridiculous. 
Like, what's the smallest, most ridiculous goal that I can set right now? And not being afraid or embarrassed to do it. Because once you do that small, ridiculous goal, like, this is a no-brainer. This is, stu- this is so silly. This is so small and stupid. Like, this is stupid if I don't even... Like, I can do this with my eyes closed. What it does on a very slight, and if, if it's that minuscule of a goal, like, subconscious level, what it actually does is it starts to feed into your emotions. Like... I can totally do this. So you kind of, in a weird way, even though it's a small goal, like you start to feel like a badass. Like, (laughs) I totally did that. But what happens is you're just like, that's such a small, ridiculous goal. I can totally do more than that. So what happens is that you yourself up your game. And now you set a higher level goal. Something that causes you to stretch just a little bit more. Example, this is so funny. <laughs> oh my God, I, I was coaching a fire chief and uh, the very first time I met with him, it was hilarious because he did not want anybody to know that we were coaching because he didn't want anybody to know that he had medical problems, even though everybody knew. <laughs> it was so freaking funny. So I was like, oh, okay, whatever. So I mean, that's fine. I didn't tell anybody. So I would meet him at his house. And when I met him there, his wife actually met me in the driveway before I got to the front door. And she said, well, we've been married for how many ever years they were married. And I just want to let you know that man has never eaten a green vegetable for as long as I've known him. So I don't know what you think you're going to do. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so go in. You know, we have our meeting or whatever. And uh, with him, I think we either did like an eight or a 12 week uh, goals program with him where what we did was uh, he wanted help on the nutritional front. But the truth was he wanted help on the nutritional front because he also wanted to retire and he was a afraid to pull the trigger and B didn't feel well enough. So he kind of wanted to improve his health so that when he was in retirement, it wasn't going to be like he moves to the couch and never gets up again and he dies and rots there. Like he wanted, you know, to get in action so that he could have an active retirement, which is actually not common necessarily in the fire service. So that was the motivation behind this. So anyway, we get in there and we're talking about, you know, his whatever he was already eating or whatnot. And he was, he looked at me, he put his finger in my face and he was, I'm kind of afraid of him in a weird way. And he was like, what did he say? I'm not eating, I'm not eating any green vegetables. That's what he said. So I was like, okay, well, that's fair enough. So the next time I come back, this is about the, the purpose of small goals. On the next day I come back, I stopped at Whole Foods on the way over there and I went to the salad bar <laughs> and I brought, or bought rather, one broccoli floret. I'm not kidding you. One broccoli <laughs> I think the cup weighed more than the broccoli floret. Like the lady at the cash register, she's like, I don't even know how to charge you because it doesn't weigh anything. I'm like, well, I don't know. Do you want a dollar for this? She's like, I think you should just take it and I was like okay well see ya so I, I go to the, the fire chief's house with one I'm not kidding like one broccoli floret that's just the top part of the broccoli not the whole crown one like off of a stalk 
and I show up at his house and we start talking about, you know, green vegetables. He hired me for nutritional coaching. So it's not like I can just, you know, ignore it. So I put a measuring tablespoon on the table and I said, okay, so we're gonna talk about portion sizes here. I said, all right, so here's a tablespoon. And he's, he's all about like numbers and exact precise measurements. So this, I mean, he was like really interested in the tablespoon. <laughs> so I, reached, I reached down into my bag and I pull out this one broccoli floret and I put it in there. And if you could have seen the look on this man's face, like he had this mustache and so he he like made the mustache twitch like he was having like an allergic reaction to the broccoli or something like that and I said you mean to tell me that a big strong man like you somehow in 24 hours can't get this freaking broccoli in your body it's you versus the spoon chief who's gonna win and I shit you not the next time I can I left like right like you leave right this is like a a sales close so you leave okay and then it's like the takeaway and so I come back the next week and his wife there she is on the driveway and I'm like oh geez here we go she comes up to me and she goes I don't know what you told him she said but I'm not even kidding you I came home one day and there he was standing in the kitchen eating broccoli by the handful that's the benefit of those ridiculously small goals like you break it down and you realize how stupid they are you automatically up your game does that make sense hell yeah so that's exactly (laughs) that's exactly how it goes when you're setting your goals especially those goals that seem so freaking giant and overwhelming where you don't even know where to start you gotta start somewhere you gotta start small Okay, those small changes that you make, they make a big difference over the long run, but they actually spark your momentum. Momentum is equated with progress. All right, and that's way easier to steer than it is to generate. You know what I'm saying? And now you're just like, now you're in action and now you're moving to the next level and now you're taking on the next thing and you're like slashing things off of the to-do list or the how-to list. And all of a sudden you're like, you know, two weeks into this thing and you're like, holy shit, I made major moves. Why? Because you broke it down into such ridiculously small, like micro bite-sized pieces that you yourself are just going to be like, I got to be an idiot not to do this. This is ridiculous. Does that make sense? Like that's, that's where you actually start. But nine times out of 10, you've got to actually sit down and get real and figure out what the F it is that you even want. Clarity of goals determines order of priorities. Ho, ho, ho. All right. So that's all I got for you, friends. My goal for today was to get my ass to the gym. It's a little bit late. It's seven o'clock at night. <laughs> I was telling uh, my roommate we had to go do some cardio and, and get the crazies out. I've been writing all day long. And uh, sometimes on those creative writing days, I got different kinds of music playing. Like I, I just got to go, you know, burn some of it off. So 
with this. You know, this is Nicole DeVincentis. We're we're closing out podcast for the day. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. And listen, if there's anybody, this podcast is for free right now. You know, they offer monetization options, but I'm, I'm keeping it for free right now because I know it delivers great value. But if you know of anybody who could greatly benefit from being on these podcasts, like I don't pay for followers. The whole following that I have, I'm growing it organically. Okay, please refer them on over. All right, you can find us on Anchor, on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Podcasts. You can even ask, um, I don't have one of these things. Who's who's the woman that you, you talk to? You've got the, the Google thing in the house, whatever her name is. I forget. What, what's her name? <laughs> you can even ask her to, to look up. You're looking for Transformation Gold Podcast. And... Um, that's how you can find us. So, you know, bring the people here. But if honestly and all seriously, like if there's anything that I myself as a coach, my my company can do to serve you or your agency, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. You know, we are a for-profit organization. Um, I want to put that out there as the lead. Um, but we're also open to networking and collaborating for the greater good. Okay, so if you are serious about that, okay, and I'm not going to be able to accept every single invitation. I, I just, obviously, I'm clear on the direction where I'm taking my business and my family. My goals are very, very clear. But please contact us directly. You can go to either one of the websites. It's transformationgold.org fitnessfigurechick911.com you can find me on insta at figurechick911.com and hit us up and let's you know go forth and carpe the damn diem all right this is nicole even thank you again for joining us we'll talk to you next time peace out y'all